to the listeners, please note that our next guest prefers to remain anonymous. So we have removed names out of the episode. So if it's a little bit jarring, just know that that is the reason why. Enjoy. Hi, I'm Fiona. I'm a mother, a birth keeper, a teacher, a woman's mentor, a body worker, a doula, and so much more. Hi, I'm Deborah. I'm a mother, a humanitarian worker, a yoga teacher, and a student doula. In this podcast, we bring together women who share their journeys to motherhood with us. We want women to share their doubts, their fears, what they've learned along the way, and their memories. Our goal is to inspire, inform, and empower. Each woman is unique and has a story to tell. We hope that you'll love these stories as much as we do. Welcome to the Becoming Mother podcast. Okay, so welcome everyone to the Becoming Mother podcast. How are you this morning, Deborah? Hi, Peony. Uh, I'm very good. How are you doing? I'm good. Yeah, so today we are, we are interviewing. I've known her for many, many years through both her pregnancies, and I was blessed to be there with her uh, second baby, uh, unique births. And the second one was very unique because it was breach and she managed to birth him naturally without drugs. Tierney, I'm so happy that she's uh, sharing her story with us because first what I really liked is that she said that she was seen as a geriatric in quotes uh, pregnancy because of her age. Uh, she was 39 when she had her first baby but she didn't need any intervention. Uh, she felt pregnant naturally and I, I think it's such an important message for us to pass in this podcast. Of course, the most exciting part of the story is coming and uh, you're going to love it because she did have a bridge uh, baby and Theony, you were there and it unfolded so unexpectedly and so beautifully at the same time. But this story is so exciting. I can't wait for our listener to listen to it. So here we go. So good morning. So lovely to have you here today on the podcast. We go back a long time. I think... How many years? Many years now. Uh, I met you with your first pregnancy uh, when you did the hypnobirthing course. Then I was your doula second time round, which was a very um, probably the most exciting birth story uh, ever. Which is why we have you here, which is so divine. And uh, Deborah, of course, is here. I'm really looking forward to hear your story because Theony was my doula, and she told me about your story when we were chatting before I gave birth. And she said, "There's this key moment." where you need to decide to move to the maternity. And I'm going to explain to you why. <laughs> and I think this is very exciting. <laughs> so I want to Thank you more about how, how things unfolded for you. And yeah. Thanks, Deborah. Thanks, Theoni. It's nice to be here. Thanks for the invitation. Will you let us know about, you know, who you are, your children's names, how old they are, where you live, and just, yeah, bring yourself in. I am... 47. I had my children quite late in life. So um, my first in 2015, and I was 39, just about to turn 40. And then in 2016, when I was 41, I think it was the perfect time to have children because I think I was grown up enough to deal with what it really takes to go through the whole process and I'm very grateful for people like Theone and something that I certainly realized early on in my first birth was that it is the people that you surround yourself that really help to make the journey and the experience so much more 
are just just so much deeper and so much more of a growing experience. Interestingly, my father's a gynecologist obstetrician, delivered a gazillion number of babies. He's done lots of seizures. My mum was a midwife. Unfortunately, she wasn't around when I had my babies. She'd already died of cancer. And so it was it felt pretty much like flying solo in the beginning until you start to talk to people and you hear their birth stories. And then you hear about different women that were instrumental in other women's birth stories. And you start to make contacts. And that's how I met Theoni. I heard about Kahuna Massage. I heard about the hypnobirthing course. And even though my father was actually quite determined that because I was a geriatric mother, I should probably have a Caesar. I yes, I know full term, I hate it. I went I the other them. way. I know. I went the other way. I was completely not wanting to just wanting to go completely natural, completely you know, no no medical help. And I found a gynae who was willing to let me try and have a natural birth. How did you meet uh, your partner? How did you meet the, the father of your children? And how, how did your story unfold? How did you decide to have children? Can you tell, tell us more about that? Well, I was living in New Zealand. I am South African, but I lived overseas for quite a long time. And in 2011 was the Rugby World Cup. I was living there. I was single. I was 36. He came over for the rugby tournament with his work. And we'd known each other at university. So we um, got together, had lunch, and it just literally happened from there. I think we both knew where we were in our lives. We were both keen to move back to South Africa. And uh, it was it was quite a roller coaster from there. <laughs> the... <laughs> How long? We were engaged a year later. We were married 18 months later. And then we did the whole buying house, renovate house, have baby, <laughs> have another baby. And then sadly, it's, yeah, it, it ended. <laughs> so that's interesting. You, you already knew each other in South Africa and then you met again in New Zealand. Yes, he was over for a trip. Yeah, Facebook is oh, yeah. very friendly like that. <laughs> ah, so you were living there, but he he was traveling. Yes, and he just moved okay. from Geneva back to South Africa. So he was also newly back to South Africa after living overseas for ten years. So we kind of moved okay. back together from different places. Amazing. Mm. And did you always know you wanted to become a mother? I wasn't sure. And I think because our, because dad, it was have, having babies and dad delivering babies and, you know, it was, we had a huge family as well. My mum was from a family of 10. My dad was from a family of five. I think I have 37 oh, wow. first cousins. It's, it, it, it sort of was there, but it wasn't anything specifically driving me. However, mm -hmm. when I got to 38, 39, my clock was ticking and it was such a huge drive for me. And I think, you know, uh, my ex-husband and I agree there was, there was definitely a sense of urgency there, mm -hmm. which is a good or a bad thing. It just, it, it, it is, is what it is now. And we have these two beautiful children that we don't regret one inch. So just to also caveat that we are in a very good place together and he is such a good 
father and we and we do co-parenting really well. So when you do get divorced, you don't divorce your children. You suck it up and you do your parenting thing. And, and I think we're doing it pretty well. It's just sad that we couldn't be the people for each other. But hopefully we can be the people for them. So, yeah, clock was ticking. Really was. <laughs> was it a pressure you you felt from uh, society or that you put on yourself? Uh, no, it was you... a fit. No, it was physiological, and I think that's why I use the term clock, clock ticking, because it was a physical. I think it's, you know, it's it's a, it's what we do um, as human beings, and uh, yeah, I just it just it just felt right. It felt right. Yeah, and so. At what point did you decide to, I mean, obviously the clock was ticking and you wanted children. I mean, was it easy for you to get pregnant first time? How was that? Unfortunately, it wasn't, actually. I was planning a honeymoon baby <laughs> and 11 months later, we fell pregnant. I think the pressure, there was a little bit of pressure and it started to get uncomfortable when it didn't happen after three or four months. He also traveled a lot. And so after trying for whatever it was, nine months, we went to uh, just to have the AI at one of the clinics. And we still don't know if it was the holiday or if it was the AI. Oh, and I also, I had one miscarriage, actually. I had one miscarriage. And I think that also affects it. Absolutely. Obviously, you know, you take some time to come through. And it was it was very it was very early. It's still disappointing, but I think had I not tested, I would have just thought that I'd had a late period. But that that happened in the beginning. And I think it happens to more women than we than we realize. Um oh, yes, definitely. And mm. and not many women speak about it because they don't I I feel they don't feel legitimate that they lost a baby, you know? Um, mm. And often when I have friends who come to me and say, I actually had a miscarriage, I say, yeah, you lost your baby and you need to grieve and you need to go through that process. It's not because it's early that, you know, that uh, it's easier. Mm. Yeah. So I think it's important to talk about it with people you feel comfortable with. So it doesn't make it um, something you, you, you need to be ashamed of or mm. that's something taboo you know yeah i think there's mm -hmm. so many women who go through miscarriage and and uh, the more we talk about it the more normal it makes it and easier to process if you can talk about it with your friends with your family for example yeah is it something that you yeah. talk about talked about with your no 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 i told him when it happened i don't think we ever talked about it again but it was interesting i think because of when it happened i was with my godmother i was in a group we were doing we were doing a big hike in fact we hiked from the tip of cape point all the way back to table mountain just near kirstenbosch and it was on about the third day on chapman's peak walking along Next thing I was um, like, oh, okay. So I was literally, and I had nothing with me. I wasn't planning on needing any pads or tampons or anything like that. So then trying to run around and find, luckily one of the, there was a hut, like a, a hiker's hut nearby and somebody had some things. Um, but it, because I was with those people and it was, 
I think when you're in those situations, you're very connected. And I told them all, and we, you know, had a cry, and we, we, I, I could only talk to my dad and to my partner at the time, like later on that evening. And so it was almost like part of the trip, actually. Mm. It wasn't like just being at home and then needing to go through it all. We went through it all together. And that I don't think many people get to do. Yeah. Um, I didn't think we were going to talk about this. In fact, I'd forgotten. Amazing. So amazing. Interesting. And how wonderful that your godmother was with you because I know how special she is to you. Yes. Yeah, she is. So, so what a you know we we always look at oh it's not the good timing, but if you think about it, it was a, mm-hmm. that was a perfect timing, you know, to be yeah. held in that in that. I mean, that's so beautiful. Yeah, yeah, it is amazing. And I I have to share now. Just realized something. There's a very special guy who does you know looking into the stars and stuff who I go and see every now and again, and he's always said to me that he sees three children in my chart, and I said, but I'm not having another child, and I, wow. and that's it's just hit me, oh, but there are three. Amazing. How weird. Amazing. Yeah. Phew. Okay, so I don't have to think about ever getting pregnant again. <laughs> <laughs> so tell us yeah, so sure. tell us how was it to find out you were pregnant where were you oh I think oh uh, a relief and oh my goodness I used to do, I think women go a bit crazy when you're at that stage hey? <laughs> on the chat groups there's there's an app there's chat group there's there's a whole language around falling pregnant that you know all the acronyms and all of that kind of thing um <laughs> uh, and so I would test and then you test quite often, but it was, I just knew because I could feel it in my body. And mm. it was, yeah, it was a huge relief, I think, um, just knowing that it's possible. Quite different to the second time. The second time was was actually a little bit of a surprise. So you, you felt pregnant naturally. Yes. And, and to be honest, we hadn't been together very often because I breastfed for 10 months. I think I stopped breastfeeding and... Fell pregnant the following month. And, and how, how old were you when you, you fell pregnant? 39 and 40. I just want to pause here because, you know, it, so many women get this clock ticking with, because of age, me inclu- in, included. Mm. And I want to make a point that, you know, you can, it's possible to be pregnant naturally at that age. Yeah, and that's, absolutely. And everything can go all right because there are so many doctors that put so much pressure on you that, you know, I want to make a point here that it's possible. Mm. Yeah. Well, I, I'm sure she won't mind and I won't mention names, but I have a very good friend who at 42 was single and desperately sad that she was coming to the realization she wasn't going to have a family. She... Went for all the tests again, and they said, no, AMH is low. There's no ways you are ever going to fall pregnant. So she starts a new relationship. And two months in, there's a baby. Unbelievable. Like completely against (laughs) anything any of the specialists have ever said. She comes to me, she says, I'm late, and my boobs are really sore. I was like, oh, my God. (laughs) I think I know what's happening here. (laughs) It was amazing. Amazing. So I, I truly believe that it's it's it is possible it's possible for many women and it's you know it's also 
Yes. Also, sometimes this isn't possible. But I think we, I've realized cortisol and stress is probably one of the biggest inhibitors of, of fertility. And the more yes. scare stories and worry and all of that you put on yourself, the less it's going to happen. As soon as you do the surrender thing, and that was one big word for me, both in my first and second pregnancies, then it tends to happen a bit easier, I think. Yeah, the surrender is something that comes back a lot. Comes up often. <laughs> yeah. You know, I've had my, and another client actually in lockdown, she also thought she was in menopause, had had one, one miscarriage at 43 and found she was pregnant at 46 and she had completely naturally conceived. She had a natural birth at 46. So mm. it's, it is so doable and our bodies are unique. Yeah. Um, yeah, each body yeah, is all our, all our bodies. Absolutely. Yeah. So you found out yeah, you were pregnant. And, yes. What was and that? Then, April. And, and then, then started going to Pilates. <laughs> nice. Good. How did you experience pregnancy? Did you did you enjoy being pregnant? How, how was it for you to be pregnant? Yes. It was very easy for me. The, the tricky part was we were renovating a house at the same time. So I was on site and we were doing building and also trying to still carry on my little business and but it was fine it was fine I don't I mean I remember feeling some nausea in the beginning but otherwise after after that it was it was great I was I was very fit I went to Pilates and yoga lovely pregnancy yoga that I used to go to so by the time it came to having her I was I was feeling very strong and very very able I think the hypnobirthing also helped the the meditations uh, that beautiful breathing. What's that uh, with the golden thread? That was amazing. Visualizations and affirmations, all of that, I think really, really helps. Labor was quite long though. And there were times when I was outside the hospital doing yoga. <laughs> oh, wow. Actually, <laughs> while we were okay. waiting for her to come, walking, hugging trees, doing all that kind of stuff. <laughs> Um, yeah, so I think it was 14 hours. I think we might have gone to the hospital a little bit early. You know, you do you do worry a bit and then decided to stay even though I wasn't dilated and then it was doing all of those different things. But once we got into the bath, luckily there was a bath there, then everything sped up a lot. And actually we were – the thing about having a longer labor is you do start to run the risk of um, – baby not being so happy and I think we were they were just starting to get worried and managed to push it out so and did you have a yeah. birth plan and how did you feel about giving birth yes I did I was very determined and very like my way or the highway and I think because I have a Ghani as a dad I felt confident enough to 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 be in charge I think a lot of women don't feel like they're in charge. And actually that you are in charge. You've got to feel in charge. You can't hand over your power to somebody else to do this for you. It's women's work. You've got to, you've got to do it yourself. The birth plan was really around going into having natural birth. If there were any complications, yes, we would go for a Caesar giving acknowledgement for that kind of thing. But then also um, waiting to cut the cord skin to skin straight afterwards, you know, all of that kind of stuff. And that was all beautiful. And did you have a midwife for your Actually, first no. birth? Oh, my word. 
I've just forgotten, actually didn't end so well. I had a doula who was there for us. I ended up having a, Theoni, what's it called? It's not placenta previa, it's the other one. Like, uh, a pisiotomy. No, no, where the, the placenta is, placenta accreta. So the placenta was is stuck it's, into the side of the uterus a little it, bit. It gets embedded, it gets embedded yes. into the uterus, ah, yes. yeah. Yes, so, so you had that. They whisked yeah. away to to have to get her, or because um, she was she she was tired by the end, and so was I. And then I had to go straight into theatre, and the, under GA. And I, I keep forgetting about this part actually. And they just did a full um, DNC, one stitch, and and then I came out of it a bit later. And she actually went straight onto the boob and was fine, which was great. For 11 months, had, which is lovely. Yeah, she was such a good feeder. <laughs> that was amazing were, for me. Just, were yeah. you the mm. local anesthesia when they, they did that? Or? No, general. 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 General, okay. yeah. Just, just a little so, bit. Yeah, that, so that's a little bit scary. Luckily, we were in a hospital and they knew what to do. Otherwise, I would have – So because the, the placenta just wasn't coming, wasn't coming, wasn't coming. So they had to go and take it. So out. it's very. I mean, it's very rare. It doesn't often happen. Mm. But I've known a handful of women who've who've had uh, placentas are retained placenta, meaning it's not coming. But the actual placenta creature is when it embeds into the uterus. It doesn't. Yeah, it yeah. doesn't easily come away, and it needs to be manually mm. removed. And you want to be under general yeah. anaesthetic when they're doing that. Yeah. 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 Okay, so you did have um, a natural birth with your first one. Yeah. Um, and it was um, very conscious. You, you did a lot of preparation. You had a birth plan. You had a doula. And we had so a playlist. How, you had a playlist. Amazing. What kind of music was on your playlist? <laughs> Little ones that I'd picked up from Karuna Massage. I'd always go, oh, what's the song that I'd add it to the playlist? Or just very, like, some songs from my childhood or ones that actually, some that brought my mom into the room a little bit as well for me. Okay. But just gentle, yeah, gentle songs, calming songs. Um, nice. Then the second one was completely different. Like you couldn't have got more opposites. How old were your was your your first baby when you decided that you were going to try for another baby? Well, we I stopped breastfeeding at eleven months, and then we hadn't actually really talked about trying for another one yet, but we knew it was possibly something we would do. And then, but then it just happened. I was actually overseas in New Zealand at the time, and I was with my girlfriends. And I woke up the one morning and I felt the feelings and I went hang on went to go and have a test and had to phone him in the car <laughs> saying, look he's like but you're there and I'm here how is that possible <laughs> well it takes a little while you know for it to all kind of happen um so yeah that was that was quite it, it, it was a surprise when, when did your period come back after after you gave birth straight away the following month Oh, wow. Okay. Oh, after I gave ready. birth. No, <laughs> yeah. no, after I stopped breastfeeding. Only after I stopped okay. breastfeeding. So it took a yeah. while. Mm. 
yeah, as soon as I stopped breastfeeding, the following month I had a period. And then the following month I fell pregnant. Yeah, 22 months. Remember, Amazing. I'm just remembering now we, we, we did a kahuna, remember, because you, you wanted a baby, but you were, I can't, I can't remember. It's, been, it's a long time. Do mm. you remember we did a kahuna to make space for a baby? Yes. I remember something yes. around that. Yeah. And then that's when, yeah. that's when you made a baby. Yep. I just remember. Yep. And the other thing which is amazing, and I, and I think a lot of women would benefit from, this I think was huge for me, is acupuncture. Absolutely. We have an amazing traditional Chinese medicine doctor down the road. And just, and I think also for that, you know, getting rid of the fear, getting rid of any blockages, it's all about everything being able to flow properly, um, just to, to, to ready your body for that. I think that's a, a lot of women have that I've spoken to also say acupuncture is incredible. So when did you do acupuncture before? Um, I did it actually preparing okay. as as one of the ways to fall pregnant. I don't remember if I did it because we weren't really, you know, it wasn't that I didn't have that sense of urgency that I had the first time, and it wasn't really any. Yeah, we didn't have any plans, so so it just happened. So easily. Okay. Amazing. And then, second, and then second time, I mean, the preparation, you still did the Pilates and the yoga and, mm. um, you know, to prepare, but it's very different. I mean, how was it different from the first baby um, in the preparation? The biggest difference was that the darling child stayed with his head up against my top rib the entire time. So by the time we got to being concerned that he wasn't turning, then we started with all the different things, the hanging upside so down. What did you try? <laughs> we did. There's, um, you know, the yoga with uh, aero, aero yoga. What's it called? Um, aerial. Aerial, yes. aerial, 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 aerial yoga. yoga. You can go into those, those big those hammock. Uh, of, yeah, they're like a hammock. And then she hangs you upside down. I never tried a an actual physical turning with the doctor. I just felt that that's too it's it's a little bit too harsh. I don't know. But I tried that. Yeah, I tried a, a kahuna, we tried acupuncture, even the moxie bastion. I don't know about that. The charcoal on either side of the toes, uh visualizing everything. Never turned at all that must have been <laughs> uncomfortable for you as well to feel his head against your rib. yeah I, I, I don't remember it being an uncomfortable feeling it was more just the concern and mm -hmm. every time I went to the gynae she said well you know we can't let you have a breech baby so I said well we, we agreed I would have the opportunity to go into labor but that so at least I knew he was choosing his day but that she would then do an emergency Caesar. That was about where we could, where we could meet. But as Theoni well knows, <laughs> that was not going to happen. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> well, you know, what I remember is I always do a 36-week visit, and I remember at the 36-week visit it was just you and me. So I was like, oh, okay. You know, not knowing that that was already telling us a little bit about how the birth was going to be. But hmm. and, and then he wasn't there, so I was like, okay, fine. And I think he went into labor at 38 weeks, was it? And uh, he was away 30, again. 
Yeah, he was away again. I think it was 38. I was I was in my preggy yoga class and on a Friday morning. Uh, and the lovely our lovely instructor said, Oh, we're gonna be doing some quite you know, we're gonna do some some physical work today. And then she looked at me and she says, I think we're gonna be doing more hip opening today. <laughs> Cause she you know how 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 women can women who are around pregnancy and around uh birth all the time, you can see if something's changed. I don't know what it was, but she knew to change the schedule of what we were going to do based on where I was at. And I actually got up at the end to, to go to the bathroom to see if my pupils were dilated because that's also another sign that, the, that, that everything's starting to happen. And I had my first surge in the car. I phoned my aunt in New Zealand for her birthday. And while I was on the phone with her, I was like, uh-oh, oh, oh, okay. <laughs> oh, all right, I think I need to get home. And then <laughs> the next one at the at the lights at Jan Smuts, turning right, so I phoned, oh, that's another thing I tried. I had to phone the Cairo and cancel my appointment for that afternoon. Phoned her on the way. I said, I don't think I'm going to see you this afternoon. And the next person I phoned in the car on the way was Theoni to say, Theoni, I think <laughs> something's happening here, just to let you know. Um, and got home. And I think the mistake I made was to get in the bath because it was like, get in the bath, see if it's either going to progress or it's going to stop. And the, I'd said to Theoni, don't worry, I'll phone you later and we'll see how it goes. And the next thing I think there was a ring at the doorbell. She said, I'm on my way. I'm on my way. And there she was. And we got in the car, <laughs> rushed, rushed a packed bag, got in the car. We were figuring out our ways on the phone, was and it, I was, was like, "Ooh, yeah. the only we need to get there now." <laughs> was it your Was it your mother-in-law that was there visiting? Hey, luckily she was there, and I was yeah. like, "Okay, we're going." And you're like, "You're Emily's not driving you. The only is driving. Yeah, me. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> Sorry, we're we're off. Phone say we're on our way to the hospital. So you went into the yeah. bath, and then you felt that the labor was progressing quickly. Oh. Yeah, and and by this time I knew what it felt like. Luckily, so how far is the hospital away from us? It's about fifteen minutes if you're driving like a normal person. Yeah, but I had, I, but yeah, like a normal person. <laughs> but remember that every time you had a surge, you wanted me to stop, and I just pull over yes. and stop on the side of the road <laughs> until you breathed, <laughs> until you were happy for me to go, and then we would go again. So yeah. probably, I think I got to you at about midday. I got to you at about midday on a Friday. Um, and I think I think it took us about half an hour, forty minutes to get there because we stopped every yeah. two minutes or three minutes. Yeah. So most of the labour was in Theoni's car, including. <laughs> sorry, Theoni. I don't think we have that car yes. anymore, do we? No. Including the um, spectacular water break. <laughs> spectacular yeah. breaking of water. <laughs> I had my. I had my feet up on her dashboard, and I hope this isn't getting too graphic. No, feet up on the true. dashboard, no, and it just—it was like, bah! it just went all over the passenger, everywhere. It's like, boom! Wow! And then, and then we were like, it's like in the movies. Okay, yeah. I'm getting in the back seat. So I got onto the back seat onto all fours. Yeah, and I literally was breathing. I'll never forget, it felt like I was breathing 
to to try and keep to try and blow the earth off its axis. That's how it, that's how intense it felt. Because now I knew I couldn't go with the labor. I had to hold. I had to hold this baby in because mm-hmm. I can't have him in the car. And it was it was just breathing to hold in rather than breathing to let him out. Right. And, and then do you remember when we stopped? Yes, I do remember. Like, I'll never forget what you said. So I, I felt behind and I was like, I can feel something. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's cord. Theoni stopped the car. She got out. She lifted up. Thank goodness I was wearing a dress and we didn't have to deal with shorts. She lifts up the dress because I'd already ripped off my underwear. Ripped. Uh I'd ripped it off because I needed (laughs) anything that was touching me was just too intense. And she goes, oh, fuck, it's feet. These two little blue feet sticking out of vagina. I was like, oh, oh fuck. my God. And I was like, let's and just then, have this baby. I'm like, no, 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 no. Now you're going to breathe like this. And I just got in the car and drove. And that's when oh I was holding God. him, holding him in. And she drove like crazy. She put her windscreen wipers on. <laughs> she just drove like crazy. <laughs> we scream up to the hospital doors. And luckily, you can literally drive right up to the hospital doors. I climb out on all fours. And I still look at that carpet, the welcome mat, as I walk into that hospital every time and go, oh, my word. <laughs> and I start to scream for my gynae. <laughs> and her office is two, two floors up. But anyway, I think she can hear me. And they literally rush in. They get a, um, a, bed. a bed. I climb onto the bed right in the reception area there in the foyer. I stay on all fours. They push me. Luckily, there's a theater on that floor as well, literally around the corner, which is where I had my, I think where I had my first DNC. Push me into the theater, and then I could let go. So one minute later, without any intervention whatsoever, just flew wow. out. <laughs> With his feet <laughs> first out. With his feet, feet first, first and his one arm up. Yeah. So they called him wow. Superman. Yeah. And oh my God. All she had to do, there was a bit of cord wrapped around part of him somewhere. And literally, so, so Deshni, the, the, the Ghani knows that you can't, if you touch a breech baby, they feel it and they can, they can um, lift their heads up and get stuck. So mm. they don't want to touch the baby at all. So it was all the work I had to do was just to do whatever we need to do. And then she flicked some cord as he came as he came out at one point and there he was and and I, we were giggling I was like we don't even have a phone we don't have we don't have we don't have cameras there's no nothing happening here we don't we, we have nothing there's a lot of there's a there lot happening no playlist. <laughs> yeah there was no playlist no candles no, no candles and it was quarter two one eh? quarter two one quarter two one there. so we worked it out it was 80 minutes from the from yoga to the time he was born. <gasps> that's less than an hour and a half. So from that's crazy. Yeah, as I said, that's two completely different births. Well, how did you feel when you were in a car? Were you were you at some point thinking, I'm just gonna have this baby here in the car because I can't hold anymore? How, how did you feel? I think I, I felt confident that I could deliver because I knew that I'd done it before. But then 
when we knew it was feet, I was, I also got a bit scared. So, and actually that fear probably was quite good to, to just to give even more effort into holding him in. I don't know if it's the right thing or not. How did you hold your baby in? Because often we hear it's not possible once you feel the, you know, the baby pushing and starting to come out and you had the feet out already. How, how did you breathe? Because uh, Tony, you mentioned that you told her, okay, now you're going to breathe like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. However, how, whatever she said. <laughs> yes. And, and so you, that felt that you, was, you, you felt that it was possible that you were holding your baby in or? I don't know. You don't think that much at that time. It, it was so fast. Yeah. It was so, so, so fast. fast. I mean, it was literally, I mean, the actual, what do you call it? The, the final stage of labor. So, so he had already was in the birth canal. He, you know, he's gone through the cervix. He's on his way out. That was, we only had about 15 minutes, 10 minutes before he was born. Yeah, not By that time, anyway. Even, yeah. I can't remember. Yeah. All I know, it was just so fast. <laughs> wow, what a um, story. <laughs> yeah, and then, of course, he was here, and then what happened? Do you remember? Um, no. Well, because what he was breached and because they didn't know how you were in the labor, they wanted to take him up to the, the neonatal ICU for just in case. Oh, uh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. And we were and like, we said fine. no. And you were, yeah, we said no. And they were like, no, they were really insistent. Um, and you were on such a high. I just remember you were just like, I birthed yeah. a breech baby. Like you were just like, <laughs> wow. Giggling. You were just like so amazed. We were like. And then I remember we teased the guy a, a, a while later and we said to him, great, so anybody who's got a breech baby, we're going to send them to you. And she was like, big eyes, like, no, 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 no. Like, we're teasing, we're teasing. Um, oh, freaked dear. her out a bit. Yeah, so I think, I, think that, I think that made me a bit sad that they, you know, insisted to take him to the ICU. And then we said, well, you know, we want him back. And then they were like, oh, no, you got to bring clothes. And we're like, we don't want to dress him. You know, we want him skin to skin. And then we had to... I remember having to take up the clothes so they could dress him and then bring him back to you to take off his clothes oh. to get him to latch. Yeah. Oh, I don't remember that part. No, you were on such a high. And you were, I think, finding your <laughs> dad, telling your dad. And you were high on oxytocin. Oh, <laughs> yes. Yeah. And then, oh, then the funniest thing is it's what? It's one, it's one o'clock in the afternoon. And then they want to keep us overnight. And I was like, well, we can hang out here for a few hours, but we don't need to stay overnight. Oh, anyway, we did. Absolutely. And the next morning, I was up, like, at the Ghani's desk going, please, could, please can you discharge us? <laughs> She's like, Absolutely. you just gave birth yesterday. I said, yes, but I'm fine. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Hmm. You were intact, eh? Yeah, just one small tip. Didn't need a um, – Yeah. Didn't need Which is amazing. Anything. It's not all rosy, though. I mean, it's pretty damn sore after you've given birth. And I have to remember Voltaren suppositories. Now, that's when medication can come in because they are the bomb. You absolutely want to have those and, and um, just to take that, that difficult pain away. Um, it's the, 
you know, going to the bathroom afterwards and that kind of thing can be quite uncomfortable for the next few days. Yeah. So I think that's Caesar, Caesars don't really have that, right? Yeah. And I think, you know, that's something we've not chatted about with any anyone else yet is I, it often comes up with clients where, you know, that first poo after a baby mm. is like, do I, uh, 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 and that's and it's so important to eat a diet that will make the bowel soft. Not that it makes you want to have a runny tummy, but just that you feel confident that you're not going to have to push and, you know, everything feels oh. very swollen and um, possibly swollen, not everyone, but possibly swollen and and uncomfortable yeah. because, you know, a whole yeah, person has just come through that area. Yeah, very uncomfortable. Yeah, exactly. So uh, what helps you during, during uh, the postpartum period uh, to handle all these things, the soreness, and how, how did you handle that, that after the birth? Um, yeah. I think just two, because they, I mean, they're so strong and they work so, they work so well. So that the, helps the, with, uh, the, with the soreness, or what does it help with? It helps with the pain, and it's also an anti-inflammatory, mm -hmm. is it? think yeah but it, so it's dangerous in that it makes you it's easy to hop out of bed which you probably shouldn't do so whilst mm -hmm. it takes the pain away don't do too much um and, and I you tend to run when you when you I take those run around a bit yeah 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 i don't think there's anything wrong hey the only um yeah well i mean the baby gets everything but you're not you know you're not taking painkillers for 10 days it's just one no or two it's, it's only to get one or it's only, initial, yeah. yeah um and then i think it's it was about four days and everything was it, it's amazing how quickly everything kind of goes back to normal down there i think yeah yes your body Especially just if uh, you didn't have mm. a tear or anything mm. Amazing how yeah, so if you let things be, how uh, quickly it can heal. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, I want to say that it heals nicely if you allow yourself to rest. Uh, yeah. Because often women feel this urge of, you know, I need to do this, I need to do that. And I'm superwoman, so I, you know, I can handle the pain. But I, yeah. actually, if you give your body time to heal, then it, it, it heals very nicely by itself. That's a very good Excellent. message, yeah. And having taken the help that is offered to you from others. Were you able to do that second time? I mean, second time I think you were able to accept help and ask for help more knowing what was involved first time with having a baby. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Um, I was never very good at it any time, to be honest, and it's something that I wish I had been better at. Um, I think not having my own mom there um, was difficult. And I've always kind of been the person to just like, I'm fine. I can handle it. Um, but actually it's a good time to be, to surrender <laughs> again and be yes. the person who can ask for help. Yeah. And to accept that in that very moment you are vulnerable, doesn't make mm -hmm. you less strong or any less. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, that it's okay to to ask for help. Mm. And um, what what do you enjoy the most uh, about being a mother? <laughs> oh, just the. I think for me, it's seeing, it's watching them grow and watching them learn, and 
and how they change before your very eyes. I mean, learning all the different things that they learned how to do. Um, they eat solids for the first time. <laughs> Take a step. Um, yeah. And as they get older now, just I mean, we having conversations, and they've they've and they're learning things from their whole environment, and and not just me, which is really they are starting to teach me so much. I mean, they've taught me so much already, but they're teaching me things all the time about myself and about the world. It's amazing. They're only they're turning six and turning eight. So in five weeks' time, it'll be six years since, since our he was born. very fast drive to the, to the hospital. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I can't believe it. Um, I have to I have to share with you something else that happened. He was born on two friends of mine's birthdays. And a few like maybe a week before he was born, I had a very vivid dream that uh the one friend of mine was there. I was on the couch and he flew out and he started running. So his birth was very fast in the dream. And I, I had to get up and go and, and literally go and catch him because he he was able to walk already. So there was something about yes. the legs and the feet <laughs> and <laughs> the day of the birthday and the fact that, the I mean, I can't believe how much of a premonition that was. Um, and just, you know, reminding about how important dreams are and how um, how good how you know our subconscious minds are much more intelligent than we think they are yeah and when you are pregnant you get very vivid dreams uh, yeah. that you don't normally get that's that's amazing mm. yeah, yeah i mean thank you so much for bringing that up because so often women have had dreams and you know their caregivers go oh it's oh, just a dream but i really take note of that because the subconscious you know, speaks to us in pictures, dreams mm. can be very telling, like yours. Like, I remember you telling me that dream and going, oh, yeah, that's interesting. And then afterwards we were like, oh, my word, the dream. Oh, my <laughs> word. Oh, my <laughs> word. Like, wow. <laughs> you know, and then you realize, mm. oh, okay. And so I always listen to women in their dreams and always ask them to really listen and pay attention mm. because dreams are very telling. Um I've had women who Definitely. go, I can't have this baby later than the due date. Like, I just know something's not okay. And then literally the day before the due date, she goes into labor. You know, there's fresh meconium and she's like, that's it. The baby has to be yeah. born now. Yeah. yeah. So it's incredible. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Dreams are really amazing. Yeah. So um, as, we, as we wrap up, I would love to you to share uh, words of wisdom that you have for for parents that you wish you'd been told before? Do you have any wisdom um, for them? Hmm. I think trust is a big thing. Trust yourselves. Trust, especially for women, trust your body. Know that you can do this. Many of the books that that we read before, that I read before going into this whole thing, you know, reminded me of how we've had some of that power taken away from us by the the way that medicine has evolved over time. 
um, that's become a medical procedure rather than a natural process. Um, so trust, trusting, trust, really trusting, preparing, I think is really important too, you know, doing the work, You'll keep your body strong, feed your body good stuff, make sure you're healthy and know that it, it's a journey from the time you fall pregnant to the time the baby's born. It's not just the labor. The labor's the, the end bit, you know, the rest is all preparing yourself for that and being open to whatever Whatever happens, everyone's different. Every birth's different. Trust your intuition. Um, trust your dreams. Trust your dreams. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and just just taking time, taking time to rest, not doing too much. I think we all do that, even when we're not pregnant. Oh, and just surround yourself with good people and share. You know, I found it really helpful to have Theone, to have my yoga teacher, to have other women that were had had children that I would share with often. Just, you know, it's not all, you don't have to only rely on your partner who is probably less equipped than anybody else to deal with it. You going through this together and then just make sure that you have your support system with you to just get that, that you know, that collective wisdom and sharing. I think that's important. Thank you for sharing your wonderful, positive story uh, with us. Uh, you're giving so much hope uh, to geriatric, uh, in quotes, uh, pregnancies. <laughs> um, you had natural birth. You had a, a bridge baby. Um, I think it's such a, a message of wisdom that if you trust your body, if you have the right support, as you say, um, And if you prepare properly and, and, and you let that journey unfold and things can happen beautifully and in a natural way. Um, mm -hmm. So thank you so much for, for sharing your story. That was really um, inspiring for, for me to, to hear you. <laughs> Thanks, Deborah. Thanks for inviting me to remember because it's important to go back. Forget sometimes. Thanks, Theoni. Oh, thank you. Oh, my God. What a story. Um, <laughs> that's really crazy. I'm just here listening to both of you, visualizing the scene. Tony, you're driving your car. Her water breaks in your car. What is going on in your mind? Well, you know, because the baby had been breached and transverse and, and we knew that she was going to have a cesarean, we had planned that you're going to labor, she'll have a Caesar. So I was like, we just got to get to her to the hospital in time. I never in my wildest dreams thought that this <laughs> child was coming out breach until, of course, I stopped the car and there I look and I see these two blue feet. I'm like, like oh, my God. Um, so, yeah, so, so part of me was like, We are that we're close enough to the hospital. But part of me was like, I had never in by then it was 20 years I'd been at birth. I had never seen feet come out of vagina first. Always the head. I was going to ask that, you, it was the first yeah, time you, so you saw that. Yeah. That 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 I'd actually seen it in real life. I was like, what am I actually seeing? You know? So part of me was like, <laughs> Oh shit! But again, you know, I'm 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 the kind of person that you really want in a crisis because I really am calm and focused. And I just said, okay, now you're going to breathe like this. Let's go. And I just drove, and I actually was breathing with her all the way to the mm -hmm. hospital. 
uh, which is literally yeah, was also helping you. Uh, <laughs> it was helping me. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but it, I mean, yeah, and I, I just, it's just so lovely. The other thing that we we didn't mention is that she didn't want to lie on her back for this birth. And the amazing thing is because her baby was breached, she couldn't lie on her back because she'd sit on the legs. So she yeah. had to be on her hands and knees. And I always tell my clients, if you don't want to be on your back, just don't get on the bed on your back. Just get on your hands and knees. So yeah, just wanted to add that. And at what one point did you think, oh, my God, she's going to have this baby in my car? I didn't. I, I knew she wouldn't. Like, I just knew we would get there. And I knew that if the baby came, then it would be meant to be. Because if babies are coming that fast, it means that everything is perfect. Like, there's no cord around the neck or, like, actually, yeah, it's all working out the way it needs to when it's that fast. Wow. Uh, I'm sure you are never going to forget this moment. No, <laughs> this birth. <laughs> I, I, you have an incredible memory because um, you were reminding her uh, during our chat, uh, you know, things that happened that she forgot. And I, I find that quite wonderful that um, uh, this podcast also brings up memories that uh, a mother might have forgotten. Uh, but it's there. And, and she, when she's recording her story, then things come up for her. And I really love that. Um, Yeah, and I think what really brings um, up on the table is uh, first that you can get pregnant naturally at any age um, and that stress is such, um, you know, an obstacle for women because of this societal pressure, uh, the doctors telling you that, you know, you are are old now. I'm putting that in quote because... uh, uh, 40 is, is is the new 30. I, I think if you're healthy and 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 you are in a in, in a you know in right place in your in your life and, and you have the right supports, everything is possible. And I really like that. And she she has so much wisdom. I I find because uh, when she was sharing her story, you know, it could have been so different. You know, her, she she's above 40. She has a bridge baby. Everything could have gone differently, but she, the way she she said, I prepared so much. I, I did acupuncture, I did yoga, I had a doula, and uh, and I just breathed, and I knew that that baby was gonna come out soon, but that it was going to be okay. And um, and the fact that she trusted that things were going to be okay um, really helped her to have a, a beautiful, rich, natural birth without any intervention and that's like wow um that's so beautiful that's amazing mm-hmm. how women bodies are exceptional it's a miracle when you think about it absolutely absolutely <laughs> yeah. Yeah, love it <laughs> yeah and the doctors told her no you need to have a, an emergency c- uh, c-section we're gonna let you go in labor but you're gonna have to have a c-section and her body was like, and your, her baby was like, no, that's not the way I'm going to come to this earth. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to, it's my way or the highway. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> so I bought the second test and then we waited till the next morning. Um, and Keegs kind of jumped out of bed and he was like, okay, let's take the test. And I was like, okay, let's do it. <laughs> More hesitance. Um, and yeah, it was positive. And I 
have to be honest, I felt so many different emotions. I don't actually know what I felt. <laughs> Shock, uh, overwhelm. Obviously, there was also this excitement and this wow and this joy and this, but there were so many other emotions all mixed up in that. Um, and that kind of carried on for about two weeks. There was, yeah, real um, tough <laughs> period there where I just um, I was depressed, to be honest. I, um, yeah, I just think I had this resistance. I was like, I'm not ready. Um, it's not the right time. You know, I'm typical, the only and I've spoken about this, a Virgo, to put it, you know, bluntly, control freak. I like things to be planned. Um, if something is not to plan, then there's a way I can fix it. So thank you, so thank you to all our subscribers and for people who have left comments. We're really loving the interactions and the comments um, and being part of uh, this beautiful community that we are creating. And remember that if you haven't already subscribed, please do so. Um, and share any insights that come up and any stories you'd like to hear or any input. We really are uh, loving this time with you. Thank you for listening to the Becoming Mother podcast. We hope you felt inspired, touched, and that you learned something. Feel free to share the love and share this episode with your sisters, your mother, and your friends. Follow us on social media. We are on Instagram and Facebook, becomingmother.podcast, and you can email us at becomingmother.podcast at gmail.com. If you feel called to share your story, reach out to us.